The lowdown from the Resurrection Comic-Con Panel 2014. Plus new characters when Resurrection returns for Season 2. It's all next on Episode 22 of Resurrection Revealed. Thanks again for joining us for off-season coverage here on Resurrection Revealed, the unofficial podcast and blog by and for fans of ABC TV's Resurrection. We've got theories and more all the time. Tonight, recorded July 28th, 2014, and I am Wayne Henderson, the voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, super excited for the return of Resurrection, September 28th at 9 Eastern Pacific, 8 Central on Sunday nights on ABC. And now that we have some details on what season two has in store for us from our superfan Aaron Peterson, who will join us in just a bit as he's fresh off the Comic-Con adventures and, of course, the Resurrection panel. It'll be great to hear what Aaron has to say, don't you think, Wayne? Oh, absolutely. Aaron shared some amazing stuff with us uh, from the panel as it was happening on Twitter and Facebook. It's hard to keep track of which was which. And we're going to share all that with you via the show notes for this episode. Just be sure to go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash Comic-Con 14. But first, as Troy mentioned, ABC has confirmed that Resurrection will start its 15 or 16 episode run in its regular time slot between Once Upon a Time and Revenge at 9 p.m. Pacific and Eastern, as well as 8 p.m. Central Time, beginning September 28th here in the States. No official word yet on launch dates for other countries at the time of this recording. So if you are out there, let us know when season two will start for you by visiting our feedback page. That's at resurrectionrevealed.com slash feedback. And since this is a Comic-Con special from this point forward, future information about the show that may or may not be spoilery in nature will be shared. So if you wish to join us next time and skip this episode, it's okay. We won't hold it against you. But if not, buckle up as we bring on the line, Mr. Aaron Peterson. He is one of the creators and content contributors, as well as podcast host of The Hollywood Outsider, and also recently the host of 24 Live Another Podcast. Welcome to the Resurrection Revealed show, Aaron. It's great to be here. (laughs) I appreciate you having me come on. Well, we appreciate you, Aaron, being at Comic-Con doing stuff for your podcast and your endeavors, and then, of course, taking some time out to help out us, all of the super fans, because you had recently watched or kind of rewatched all eight episodes before you went out there. Did you not? I had a barrel run. Yeah. I, I went through and, and rewatched them all as we got there because I was, I was doing a thing for you guys. And uh, I don't, it's up to you if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and share a little bit of the fun you had in something called super fan versus showrunner, I believe. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Troy asked if, if I could um, fill in for him because obviously they were, unoccupied or they were occupied they couldn't make the event and since i was at comic-con i gladly obliged i, I love resurrection it, i gotta tell you it's a little tense it's a little tense you, they basically pit you against the showrunner and for this it was uh, michelle and tara they basically asked you 20 questions i thought it was going to be a little shorter it's 20 questions and a lot of them are really obscure random questions like what video game was jacob playing things like that and then they asked the showrunners the same questions they kind of see who does better. Well, that was a trick question because he was actually playing two video games, both Donkey Kong and Super Mario. So which answer was the right one? Uh, I guess Super, Super Mario Brothers. I haven't actually seen the edited video yet because they edited it together. So I don't know how I did. I know how I did. Yeah, I wasn't as good as you guys, put it that way. 
but but I did as well as I could. And but the the event itself, fantastic. I got to see the resurrection panel as well as the twenty four panel, and those were the two I wanted to see the most. So that was fantastic. And all the, your show favorites were there. You had Omar up, so you had all, everybody was there. It was great. Awesome. Well, we're glad that you were able to head out there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Comic Con experience in general for those that don't understand? Maybe from one of our foreign country affiliates listening in as to what Comic-Con is as it relates to the San Diego event. Okay, well, Comic-Con is a convention that was started uh, forever ago, and it was originally just comics. That's all it was. It's become an industry convention where they even changed it this year to where it says the recognition of the popular arts. It's no longer comic books. It's it's anything that's popular in media. It's it was genre stuff for a long time. Now it's pretty much anything that people like. Big Bang Theory is there. Movies are there. You know, the Avengers panel, when Marvel has a panel there, it's no longer just comics. I mean, it's the movie stars that show up. And you've got 150, 200,000 people over the course of four days and one preview night. With It's really like 4.5 days. Um, and they have vendors, they have exhibitors, they have panels of various things. Not only do they have all the major stars, the major um, events held there, they have screenings of pilots. I got to see Constantine, Gotham, a bunch of a bunch of pilots that are coming up. Actors that are there that are also promoting something else, like Evangeline Lilly from Lost. She was there for The Hobbit and for her book that she wrote, uh, which she is absolutely, uh, Wayne, she is absolutely gorgeous in person. She looks better than she does on TV, if you can believe it. Well, it's all that island living and now off-island living. You combine those two and you're forever young, thanks to Jacob. Oh, she looks great. Uh, and, and that's what it is. It's basically four days of, of fandom. Now, yes, it's a giant marketing machine. It's definitely meant to uh, to promote their product and whatnot. But it, it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for the fans because they get really involved. They dress up like their favorite characters. It's not as prominent as you would think from from the pictures you see on the Internet. I mean, it's actually probably maybe two out of ten are dressed up, but it, it's still pretty awesome. It looked like an absolutely humongous crowd on television. Um, Aaron, let's go ahead and start with a little bit of pre-Comic-Con news that ABC announced that Michelle Fairley will be joining the cast of Resurrection in a pretty big role this season. And I know that you are familiar with her. So what do you know about that? Uh, I love her. Uh, I was a huge Game of I still am a huge Game of Thrones fan. And, and she played um, Catelyn Stark, if you're familiar with that. She went from there to 24, where she played the villain on 24. Troy, you're well, and Troy and Wayne, you're both fans. So you know how well she did there. Yes. She's just one of those actresses that I think is extremely versatile, very interesting. And now, according to the, the panel, she's playing Henry's mother. And that's, that seems to be a, uh, a big proponent for the season. I mean, she's going to come back and she's, quote unquote, the mother-in-law from hell, is what, how Frances Fisher described her. Well, it makes sense. That makes because it's Henry's mother. So that makes it's Fred's mother as well. Correct. So it's both boys. That is correct. Yeah. That's extremely exciting for me because I I know she can play both. Because if you watch Game of Thrones, she played Catelyn Stark, who was a very nurturing, warm woman, very strong, but but warm woman. And then you went to 24 where she was just evil and sadistic. She just can't play a, a mom that really gets a break. You know what I mean? She's never Beaver Cleaver's mom. The way that they made it seem from the panel She's very much going to be a character that is diverse. She's not going to be one or the other. She, you're going to be able to see both sides of it. Which is pretty much what Resurrection is. It's exploring the 
how do you react to certain things? But at the same time, what secrets do you want to keep buried? Kind of like Caleb and the bank robbery, obviously last season. And I think that's just going to be great. I love the clip they showed at the panel too, where they were just uh, Jacob walking through the graveyard, which was more of the season one, episode two footage. And then he just has that kind of voiceover at the end where he's like, Hey grandma. <laughs> well, they had more than that. I, I, I know you're going to get to that. So I'll, I'll save that. Now you were at the panel and you mentioned that Omar Epps was there. Who else was actually sitting there on the panel with everybody in the room? Uh, well, you had Kurt Wood Smith who plays Henry. You had Francis Fisher who plays uh, Lucille. Uh, Devin Kelly. She's um, Maggie. And then you had the creators, uh, Aaron Zellman and uh, Michelle Fazekas and uh, Tara Butters. Mm-hmm. That does sound like a great turnout from the cast. Now, out of those panel members, who would you say was the most talkative and who was the most interesting in a way that they maybe answered the questions that you kind of could read between the lines, Aaron? Well, I don't, I think they're all very, very smart about being cagey. So <laughs> they, they've learned the lost lessons, that's for sure. But I think, uh, Aaron Zellman is definitely the, the most talkative, uh, very interesting guy. He, he seems to have a huge love for the, for the project. It's not just, quote, you know, work for him. He really filled a lot of people in as well as Michelle. She, she seemed to really take charge after a while. So now I'm not sure how I know Aaron created it. And you guys, you guys are the pros, you know, that's much more than I do. Is Michelle pretty much the day-to-day showrunner now? You know, Michelle and Tara are also doing agent Carter or the mid-season swing. So it'll be interesting to see how much time they devote to Resurrection, and then, of course, how much time they devote to Agent Carter, because it seems like they're more in charge on Carter, where at least Aaron Zellman could be kind of picking up their slack as they're kind of cross-pollinating those two shows. Mm. All right. Uh, well, Michelle and Aaron were, were the two most talkative. They really talked. The most um, interesting, Frances Fisher. She just seems like the person you would most want to hang out with, honestly. Just a sweet, funny, um, really appreciative of her fans. Very respectful, kind, just funny. I, I just, I loved her. Like, I liked her character. I loved her walking out that panel. And hopefully we get to see more of her in season two. That's my hope for the, the coming season, is that we get to see more of Frances Fisher maybe in that kind of fighting role with her mother-in-law. No, I, I think it's, yeah, it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be a big proponent of the season. Definitely. When you were there, Aaron, did they give you any clues as far as how season two is going to start? Are they going to take right up where they left off, where we've got Bellamy and Jacob and we've got the choppers coming in and we finally get resolution to that? Any, at least hints, whether or not that's where they're going to take us right away? I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, it's going to take place a week after it's going to be played a little different because I guess, you know, Bellamy no longer has the same job that he had, but he's going to get another job. Now they didn't really go into what that job is going to be. That's obviously going to be part of the season. So, but he's going to have some new purpose that keeps him in Arcadia. Hmm. It's going to take place a little bit after that. So with a new job and a new purpose, does that mean we're getting more additional characters? Cause they'll have to have a new boss. I'm assuming. Yep, he's getting a new boss. Uh, they didn't, if they said who it was, I don't recall that, but he's definitely getting the new boss for whatever this job is. And there are more, I, I, I keep wanting to call them undead, but they're not really that. There's, there's more resurrected coming. I saw something on Twitter about a mass exodus. And I didn't know if this was 
as a result of the people that fled the high school at the end of season one, or because this is taking place a week later, if there's a bunch of people leaving Arcadia and that has some consequences as to what might happen as the season progresses. The way I understood it, and you got to remember that they talked very cagey. So, so mm-hmm. they were doing as much as they could to give you hints without really explaining anything. So, I mean, if you, if you listen to the entire panel, you, you, which I'm sure is available at some you know, all over the place by now, they're very dicey about it. The, what I gathered, what I took from it was they're talking about, there is go, there are going to be consequences this season from all these people coming back. Now what those are, are going to be kind of gone into as the season progresses, but they were not sharing answers as of yet. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, and you mentioned that you rewatched all of resurrection just before going to Comic-Con and, you know, last season there was a lot of talk about Bellamy and Maggie and they have some sort of relationship or maybe they don't. When you were at the panel, did Devin or Omar spill any beans about this relationship? If it's going to continue this year? Oh yeah, they did. Uh, Devin implied that she's going to have a house guest and it might be one, uh, one Mr. Bellamy. There you have it. <laughs> that sounds like a little something, something. Oh my. Yep. I don't know where it goes or what, what they're going to do, but that was the implication. Now, Omar was a lot, he was a lot more tight lipped. He, he was not, not a chatty Kathy at the panel. Um, but, but Devin did, did share that and it didn't seem like she was in too much trouble. So I think they were okay with that getting out. Now, did she imply Omar or is it more Eric Ward? Cause Dr. Ward is still in town at this point. No, she definitely implied Omar. We have to assume then that Dr. Ward has either gone back to NIH or he's taking on some other role in the town separate from what he's been doing with Maggie. I got to tell you that they didn't really bring him up. So I'm wondering how much, of, how big of a part does he play in this new season? Or are they just keeping him on the down low? So, you know, at least in the, in the official Comic-Con panel, now maybe, you know, one of the other events they, they brought him up, but they didn't really bring him up in this panel. I was, I was kind of, Curious about that. That's one of the big questions, of course, was, is his formula correct? Because Mm -hmm. we were wondering, of course, did Barbara come back before Jacob? Or more importantly, the bigger question is, what is up with Bellamy? So did we get a hint as to, is Bellamy a returned? Or is he a human? And, or is he just kind of like a hybrid in between? What do you mean? What else would he be besides human? Hmm? (laughs) What's your theory? Well, I don't, it seemed like Aaron Zellman had kind of hinted out there that it, it, potentially he was a little bit different. And I didn't know if that meant different in the sense that he is a returned or different in the sense that he's not the same type of returned because he does, he is able to sleep and he does eat normally. He doesn't exhibit the same concepts as a return. So that's why we're thinking he's not a returned, but maybe he's something in the middle. And Aaron, you know, Troy always goes with the alien card whenever mm. possible. <laughs> I, obviously. Yeah. I, I really, I truly believe that he is returned. And I'm, I'm, I will tell you this. And it was all done with, with reactions. Uh, when somebody said, somebody in the audience, or no, it's the moderator, I believe it was, uh, said something along the lines of, um, well, now we know that Bellamy's return and Omar nodded. I don't take that to say that's 100%. That's exactly what he is. But I take that as, yeah, we're acknowledging he is one of the returned. How that fits in is part of the mystery. But, but that seemed very, very much, yeah, I, I, I have no doubt that he's one of the returned. No doubt. Now, in terms of 
how that factors in, that's going to be part of the series going forward because I'm trying to remember the exact quotes, but, but Aaron did imply that that is going to be dealt with. You will understand some things rather quickly. I look forward to that. What are your guys' theories? I'm really curious what your theories are about Bellamy in particular. Well, I've been of the belief after seeing that final scene that Bellamy was definitely one of the returned. And then I heard a lot of other comments and feedback from folks that said, that's not necessarily what that means in that scene. So then I was second guessing myself, but based on the head nod that you saw, Aaron, we're going to go with a win for hashtag team Wayne. (laughs) How about you, Troy? I'm still of the belief that because he doesn't exhibit the same behaviors as a returned with the eating and the sleeping and miracle blood and all that jazz, right? That he did not die. He got maybe like washed down river and the rest of the Thompson family did die. And that's why he was put in the foster care system and why he has this desire to take care of children in his character. But then I kept thinking more along the lines of other stuff I had seen and who's to say that maybe he's not a Thompson kid at all. And he might have some kind of clone DNA from the Thompson kid, which gave him the birthmark because we're all going based on assumptions that because he had that birthmark on the back of his neck, that he is a Thompson kid. And assumptions are basically all we have to go on right now after only eight episodes of resurrection. You know, Aaron, the other big question from the first season is what happened to Sam Hazeltine's character of Caleb? You know, was there any info about that or other casting announcements made besides uh, Ms. Fairley? I'm, believe they said Caleb was not coming back. Hmm. He vaporized. How could he come back? Hey, man. I mean, Rachel came back like 30 minutes after she died. <laughs> roughly, roughly 36 minutes, I think, was the count. She's like, <laughs> walk down the street. Hey, what's up? So it's definitely possible. And if, in terms of other casting announcements, I don't think so. Uh, if they did, I'm sorry, I don't recall that. I don't recall. I know that they mentioned that a lot more characters are coming. But no other casting announcements that I can recall. Did you guys hear any? The only one that we knew of was the uh, the new boss for Bellamy. Oh, the new boss, yes. But they didn't announce who it was, who's playing it. And it could be just on the phone, too. You may never actually see a person. I got the impression that's going to be somebody of importance to the overall mystery. Because obviously, he loses his government job and someone hires him to stay in Arcadia. They're paying him to be there. So why would they do that if they didn't have a personal involvement of some sort. That would tie in Wayne to my theory of the helicopters are neither government or NIH and it's the third party. Dun, dun, dun. One big part of it. The Rachel portion is going to be a big part of the season. And that's something that everybody should keep an eye on. The Rachel's pregnancy is going to be huge. It's Rachel 3.0. So the big questions of course are, She's wearing the red dress that she originally died in, but she has the memories of Rachel 2.0. And more importantly, is she still carrying the baby? Did they confirm the pregnancy there at all? Mm -hmm. They did. They said they literally said Rachel's pregnancy will be an important part of season two. Uh So she's pregnant. And she did say that in the, I think was it the finale? She did say that everything feels fine. Everything feels fine. Feels fine. Assuming again, never know until they confirm with an ultrasound, right? It's going to come out like that V baby back in the eighties. No, 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 no. Listeners, let us know what you're thinking is going to be going on. Give us a call at 904-469-7469. Be part of the next episode. We want to hear your thoughts and theories because we're kind of drawing a blank on how that could uh, really play out. Aaron, you know, everybody has their own favorite moment from season one. For example, mine was the moment when, 
Caleb disappeared from the jail cell and we see the bubbling water up in the, uh, the water jug there. Uh, what was your favorite moment from season one? My favorite moment was the very last shot where you see, um, you see the, the moon on, on the back of Bellamy's neck. Cause I never saw that coming. I never saw it coming. And, and normally I watch so many TV shows and movies and whatnot. It's hard to really get one past me, but that completely got past me. Even though the Chekhov's gun was actually explained when they were sitting at that candlelight table earlier in that episode, that was yep. the great part was that it was just, you kind of forgot about it. And then it was like, Oh snap. Yep. Pretty much. Oh, and I want to tell you, somebody said something. Now this is a, somebody in the audience, right? But everybody seemed to react like, Oh, that's, that's good. Was that they said, maybe the people that are actually in the town, like the people we're following Bellamy, Maggie, Henry, Lucille, maybe they're the ones that died. I don't know how that makes sense, but I just love that somebody said that and they didn't just say, well, that's dumb. You know, they didn't just shrug it off. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. Yeah. That was one of our early theories. Wasn't it Wayne? The reverse purgatory situation where these guys aren't coming back. They're all going to, and it just seems like kind of that tie in with lost towards the end for those that have seen it. I think it kind of plays that same way as like a flash sideways universe. Right. I was kind of tying it into the book by Philip K. Dick that's called Maze of Death, which kind of has a, a similar play in that. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Hmm. They, they did say uh, that they are going more for that. The show ultimately is not about the mystery. It's about the characters. Uh, the mystery is important, but it's really they're trying to make a character drama. And they, they really hope people understand that that is the ultimate goal. I, I do respect that they are very open about that and not making the same mistakes that Lost did. At the same time, though, that's one of my favorite moments was kind of that Lost goosebump feel when Bellamy bends over in episode five. It seems like episode five was like the critical episode for season one. But when he bends over and picks up that rubber ball off the ground that belonged to the kid mm-hmm. as the kid was being, and then you're like, oh man, that's the ball he's bouncing in the first two episodes. It's like sentimental value to him and that kind of tie in. And having that kind of experience, I think, is what's really going to make this show stand out above the rest. Good point. Yeah. And I, you're right. That fifth episode really has a lot of, like, it really turned the corner for the series. Did any of the cast share any of their favorite moments on the panel? Yeah, they did. Um, mostly uh, dramatic moments. Uh, Francis Fisher and uh, Devon's were, was actually the moment where Maggie sees her mom. And, you know, just that breakdown, they were just, were both crushed by that. So that's really the one out of, out of the panel. That's the one that stuck with me the most when, when they were reliving their moments. It was just, you could tell that they were both emotionally connected to it. And it sounded like you got a real emotional treat seeing the potential reunion of Henry and his mother. Did they show that clip at the panel? They did. Yeah. They showed a clip where he runs like his mom's basically outside checking on the gardening or whatever it is she's doing. And he runs across her and it's a real Kurt Smith alluded to. It's going to be a very, a huge conflict for him because, you know, at first he has this, this is my mom. I finally have my mom back. And then it's also a, is this my mom and what's going on and where, you know, is this the woman that I love, et cetera. And you could tell he did a great job in that clip. He, I mean, it was heartbreaking when he first sees his mom and how, you know, he just mom. I mean, it's just so weak and young and just like any of us would be when we first see our 
parents if they if they had passed away and we came across them in the in the garden outside of freaked out and uh it was it was really moving and i i totally can see a conflict coming because i i can see lucille not being happy that mom's back because for whatever their issues are and then you've got uh their son and i'm sure grandma's going to get involved in that it looks like a great dynamic well i'm thinking back this is the first time we've had a character have two people return for that same character. So that should be an interesting dynamic. And then it just occurred to me just now, how old is mommy dearest when she comes back? She's probably going to be younger than Henry. I would think. Uh, they, she did seem younger. Yeah. I mean, Michelle Fairley is younger than Kurtwood Smith. So yeah, she's, she's definitely younger. I would say probably 50 to Kurtwood Smith, 65, maybe. So it's it's definitely a little different. And the mom is going to, Maggie's mom is going to keep playing into things. They didn't really talk about Fred as much as I would have liked, which really surprised me because I really thought he's going to be a huge part of season two with everything he did. But they did say that he lost the faith, obviously, of his daughter and, you know, betrayed his dead wife. And, but they, they did allude to, you know, with his mom coming back, it's really going to affect him too which I thought was, was really interesting. Cause I'll be honest. Didn't I, I often forget that they're brothers when I watch the show. So they show the clip between, between Henry and, and the mom. And I really forgot about Fred. I didn't even think about it until they brought it back up and said, her coming back is going to have huge repercussions for Fred because now he has to decide, are they really somebody I need to eradicate? Yeah, it definitely changes things. 180 degrees when it's your mom versus your nephew or your daughter or your your wife who's passed away but when it's your mom i think that just adds such a dynamic because he has to look at things differently now and i do think that he's going to be a major part of this season even if they didn't tease too much of it um aaron were there you know, you mentioned the crazy theory that somebody mentioned in the audience. Uh, were there any other really good fan questions or theories that you uh, overheard mumbling about that you wanted to share? Um, most of most of what I talked about came from from questions that off the wall theory was there, and somebody brought up the leftovers, which I thought was kind of interesting how the how they handled that, where um, they basically <laughs> said that. You know, Leftovers is, is a really dark, depressing show, and what they want Resurrection to be is hopeful. You know, their ultimate goal is to give you, um, Tara and, and Michelle specifically talked about how when, they, when you walk away from the show, they want you to feel like you are hopeful for, for everything in life. You know, that you, and you, you got something emotional out of it, and it wasn't heart-wrenching. It was heartwarming, if that makes sense. And I thought that was very moving because it's, it's so nice that they're actually trying to make a show that makes you feel better than worse. Did any of the fans point out the similarities to the French show, The Returned, Les Reverend? No, uh-uh. no, but it is the same show, isn't it? No, it's completely different. <laughs> oh, well, a buddy of mine was telling me that it was the same show. I know nothing about no. the French show, so I have no idea. Why? Well, about that then yeah i mean there are when you do see Le reverant you're gonna go oh okay oh okay and there's like things that are the same in both shows and then there are different ways that they handle it 
And it got to be to a point where it was like, okay, so which one came first, chicken or egg kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But I like how they twisted it at the end to make it a little bit different than Le Reverant because technically the show's based on the book and the book was not based on Le Reverant because Le Reverant was based on the original movie from, I think it was 2004 in France. So it'll be interesting to see if season two has the same, I guess, mythology or theories between both shows or if they're truly on divergent paths. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I knew it was based on the book, but I just assumed they made another show on it and it was a short lived one or something in, in France. Well, now oh. Carl, Carlton Cuse is actually remaking Le Reverant <laughs> into The Returned for, Sun, for, for Sundance. And so they're making an English version of the French. So but it's similar to Resurrection? In a way, but not the same. They should just leave it alone. I mean, how many shows about people coming back from the dead do we really need? Exactly. <laughs> just keep the one good one. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we're good. And this one is, was done very well. Any final nuggets you can share from your time there at the panel, Aaron? Anything cool around town? It seemed like Resurrection was getting a lot of play. Well, obviously, there was, they did it in off-site panel. That was, I, I was not able to attend that, but that was pretty cool. Um, from what I heard, they had a huge, not a billboard, but they basically took over a section of Petco Park. It's a giant stadium that's across the street from the convention center and had a Resurrection ad. Resurrection and Once Upon a Time which I thought showed that they have a lot of faith in the show because that's, that's big money. And also my favorite nugget, I guess, from the panel was that uh, Aaron, Michelle and Tara all said that they sat down to discuss how they would answer the show, you know, how they would answer the question, what is going on? And they all three have the same answer. So they wanted to assure us that yes, Yes, we have a definitive answer as to how everything ends. So uh, hopefully that makes listeners very happy to know that the mystery, they can explain it. They have that in their heads. It's not like Lost where they're changing it. So we just have to wait and see whether we find out at the end of this season or if there are additional seasons of Resurrection. They have an end in mind. And so we need not fear. They're guiding the train in the right direction. And Aaron, it sounds like just a totally awesome time in San Diego Comic-Con and everything else you were involved with. And a lot of this info, we're going to have uh, some pictures that Aaron took for us. Very kind of you to share with us to have in our show notes at resurrectionrevealed.com slash Comic-Con 14. And we just want to say thanks, Aaron, for taking some time out of your schedule because you're busy with a whole bunch of podcasts of your own and sharing all this exciting season two info for the rest of the res heads. Oh, thanks, Wayne. Wayne, I got something special for you. If you want to hear um, some a little lost nugget. I always want to hear a lost nugget. Bring oh, it on us. Here it is. And just for you, um, Michelle was talking about, uh, during the panel, she was talking about how she had a conversation with a lost writer and she was asking, what do you wish you had done different? And, and the number one thing that they said was they listened to fans too much that basically altered the storyline that originally the story was that they were all in purgatory. That was where lost was originally supposed to take place. I mean, she, she dropped that in the middle of the panel, which I was kind of surprised. I'm like, Ooh, you'll never get a lost writer to cop to that. But, um, that, that they changed that because of the fan reaction, because too many fans were guessing it. And they went, they, they went to, they're on an alien spaceship and then they went back to purgatory and they bounced all over the place. So they didn't have the definitive ending from the start. Like ever, like they kind of claimed in all those interviews. Yeah. That was that was a nice little nugget. 
Yeah, because we all said purgatory from like episode three. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. especially when John starts walking in episode four, and it was like, okay, this is totally purgatory. So I'm kind of glad they actually changed their answer, even though it ended up being a somewhat purgatory story anyway, by the time it gets to season six. I just thought it was very, very interesting. And they did say that that is one of the reasons why they're trying not to listen too much to the fans because they're trying not to repeat that mistake. They, they know how they want then and they're going to stay their course. Cool. I just hope they're listening to the podcast, even though if they don't take any of the uh, fan feedback and make the changes, as long as they're listening, that'd be cool. <laughs> just saying. Hey. I, I told anybody that mentioned resurrection, I told them where to find you. So hopefully that'll, that'll help. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can only return the favor. So why don't you remind everybody again, Aaron, where they can get in touch with you if they want to follow your exploits out there on the interwebs. Absolutely. Uh, our podcast is the Hollywood outsider. It is a movie and TV podcast. It's, it's definitely more jovial and, and very loose. It's not as dedicated to one thing. We're talking about all movies and all TV shows. Really? Uh, you can find that at the Hollywood outsider.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, and remember that is the HollywoodOutsider.com. Apparently there's somebody that took our all the, like HollywoodOutsider.com, but that's somebody else. So the HollywoodOutsider.com. We're on Twitter, H underscore outsider, and Facebook.com forward slash the Hollywood Outsider. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Aaron, for doing the showrunner super fan for us. We can't wait to see what the Hollywood reporter does for that. For I apologize if I make you look stupid. <laughs> No, I mean, you, you were telling me that they were asking questions about the book, too. And it's like, I didn't even prep you for the book. No, they, yeah. And they asked me some, I can't even remember what it was, but it was some random question. And I'm, I'm just like, what? And it was about the, from the book. Cause I'm like, well, that's not fair. You never, you never. True. That's, that's a little out there. Yeah. I mean, I knew the author, but I didn't, I didn't read the book. So I, I kind of take it as a separate entity. It is. Thank you so much for joining us again, Aaron. We will be talking to you soon and uh, seeing what's happening on the Hollywood Outsider. Troy, that was great stuff. I wish I could be at Comic-Con and avoid all the lines, but still be there for the action. But Aaron gave us all of the good resurrection info that we could possibly need. That is great. Yeah, and I love that he mentioned the billboard outside Petco Park because the Nerd Machine, along with Nerd HQ, does this really great thing called Conversations for a Cause. And that goes to help benefit Operation Smile. If you buy those ticket packages, there are usually about 300 people or so in the room. And Nerd HQ was actually able to post their video up on YouTube. So we were able to get a copy of that. And we do have that up on the webpage. So, of course, you can see that at resurrectionrevealed.com. CFAC14. That's CFAC14, Conversations for a Cause. And of course, if you need to also, you, there's a button you can actually click to help Operation Smile right there on our website. We'd greatly appreciate it. And I'm sure Zach Levi and everybody at Nerd Machine and Nerd HQ would love that as well. Very, very cool. And starting August 3rd, in a few days from listening to this podcast initial release, that'll be the first week of our eight-week countdown to the return of Resurrection. So fire up Hulu, ABC, or that season one DVD which if you have not ordered it yet, you can do so at resurrectionrevealed.com slash season one and rewatch with us each week. And then of course, go back and listen to those awesome cast interviews again as we prepare for the premiere September 28th. Until then, I'm Troy Heinrichs. And I'm at Wayne Henderson. Be sure to leave us a great review in iTunes while you're there. Just go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash iTunes 
reviews really help the show make us visible so other fans of resurrection can find us so thanks for listening to our bonus coverage see you next time on resurrection revealed Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like Once, the unofficial podcast, blog, and forum with theories and talk about ABC's Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time is going to be coming back in just a month or so. Be ready for all of the action on the Once, Once Upon a Time podcast. Just stay tuned to that and all of the other shows at noodle.mx.